Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Amen. brethren. Amen and amen. Amen. We bless the Lord for tonight. Day three evening session. The Lord has been good to us right from Thursday this through Friday. Last night we have a one we had a wonderful time of prayer in the word. Amen. And this morning we had a wonderful family time. If you missed it, you missed the big time. It was such a wonderful family time. Hallelujah. Elder Oz owes hundred dollars from the Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah hallelujah such a wonderful time god has been with us you know the bible says that the lord our god in the midst of these mighty he will save you deliver he will joy over us with singing that is the heart of the father toward us amen and amen hallelujah that is the heart of the father toward us the bible says that which one of you as evil as you are your son will ask for bread and you give him a stone or you ask for an egg and you give him a snake. If you, as evil as you are, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly Father shall give the Holy Spirit to them that ask of him. The great blessing that we have is the Spirit. And tonight, as we have gathered, the Spirit of Christ is here with us to manifest Christ among us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I know people get intrigued about the prophetic and so forth and so on. But as you know, here in faith generation, I always try to caution you and let you know that, listen, the Bible says that believe not every spirit, but test the spirits. Hallelujah. To know whether they be of God. The spirit of God is the spirit of Christ. What does that mean? It means that the spirit of God manifests Christ wherever he goes. Amen and amen. If you go into a meeting and they are wild manifestations, the question is that, is it a manifestation of Christ? Is Christ Jesus revealed? How would you know Christ is revealed from the message that is preached? Is it the message of Christ? The message will determine the spirit that is in operation. And the spirit that is in operation will determine who is Lord in that meeting. Hallelujah. So John says, if anybody comes to you, not with the doctrine of Christ, do not even listen to him. Because the message will create the atmosphere for the spirit to work. And because for us, we believe in Christ and we remain or we stay in the message of Christ, Christ is Lord over our meeting and the spirit of Christ manifests to glorify the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You understand that? So pay attention to these things. In your life as a believer, yesterday we learned this, that the leading of the Spirit, the purpose of the prophetic is the will of God. That the believer will remain in the will of God. The role of the prophet now is to sensitize you to God's will so that you can walk and follow the leadings of the Spirit. And the Spirit of God is not going to lead you from outside. The Spirit of God is going to lead you from within because He dwells in you. So as a believer, developing the discipline and the habit of being able to listen for the voice of the Holy Ghost is important so that you can follow the leading of the Spirit. Primarily, He does it through the Word of God. Amen and amen. The Spirit of God leads you through the word of God. 
That is why the teaching of God's word is so important. It is called the more sure word of prophecy. This morning, Elder Ben was saying that. He leads you through the word of God. Hallelujah. There are people who are always going here and there, waiting for a word from this person, waiting for a word from that person. Then they gather all together to find their way in life. That is not how the Christian life is designed to be. The Spirit of God leads you through the Word of God. That is why He raises up men to be your teachers in the faith, to teach you the truths of God's Word so that you can walk in it. Those truths, they teach you. We teach. They are prophetic directions that are given to you. Hallelujah. So that you may know the will of God, live in it, and do it. Hallelujah. And then as you journey on, from time to time, the Holy Spirit will reveal his will for you or the will of the Father for you as concerning certain things that you may face in your life, either by word of wisdom, word of knowledge, you know, by prophecy and all those kinds of things. Amen and amen. It is important that we understand this. That is why here in Faith Generation, I emphasize always, without fail, the importance of God's word. Amen and amen. Yesterday, we studied in Philippians chapter number one. I want us to go back there and we are going to pick up something from there. Looking at verse eight, look at this. Philippians chapter number one, reading from verse eight. The Bible says, for God is my record. This is Paul speaking. He says, for God is my, my record or my witness. How greatly I longed after you in the bowels of Christ. Now, before we continue, I want to dwell there a little bit. Paul is saying, how long, how I long greatly after you in the bowels of Christ. Every, every pastor or every minister of Christ must have what we call the bowels of Christ. Or let me say this, every true minister of Christ has the bowels of Christ. The word, the word bowels comes from the Greek word spangenon, which means inward affection, sympathy, or tender mercies. To better understand it, it is that kind of unique love a mother has for her child because she carried the child in her womb nine months before she delivered. She has this thing in our local language, we call it abadaye. It is a mother's intuitive love they have for their sons and daughters. Hallelujah. In the same way, Christ has that same thing because we were begotten of Christ. Hallelujah. The Bible says that we have been begotten again by the living word of truth. We were begotten of Christ. So Christ has an intimate affection for us. And the man of God must have that same intimate affection of Christ for the brethren. Amen and amen. That is why Paul admonishes and instructs the leaders, the elders of the church in Ephesus in Acts chapter number 20 verse 28 that take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. So the demonstration of the bowels of Christ from the man of God to the flock is in feeding them. If a man of God truly has the bowels of Christ towards the flock of God, he would feed them. Listen to this again. Paul says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves, to the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, to feed them. 
The reason we have been made overseers, the reason, Pastor Sam, I have been made a servant leader here in faith generation, the reason I'm the overseer here is not to lord over everybody and for me to show myself as I'm the most spiritual person amongst us. No, that's not the purpose. The reason is to feed the flock of God. Hallelujah. To feed the church of God. Amen and amen. Turn with me to John chapter number 21. Let's see something there. When Jesus rose from the grave and appeared to the disciples, listen to what he said to them. John chapter number 21, reading from verse 15. So when they had dined with Jesus, when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me more than these? He said unto him, Yeah, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? He said to him, Yeah, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said to him, Feed my sheep. Then in verse, in verse 17, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. Hallelujah. What did Jesus say to them? Every time Jesus asked, do you love me? The proof of the love of the minister of Christ to his master in the ministry is to feed the sheep. Now listen to this. In the first instant, Jesus said, feed my sheep. The word feed there is bosco. That is, bring them to the pasture of Christ. Hallelujah. Feed my lambs. That is, bring them to graze in the pasture. There are green pastures that will help the lambs of God grow. Remember, he uses the word lambs. Feed my lambs. That means that take care of the little ones in Christ. Those who have now come into the faith. Those who are still young. Feed them. Bosco. Bring them to the place where they will graze upon the green grass. That is why David said, the Lord is my shepherd. He maketh me lie down in what? Green pastures. To us in the faith, what are the green pastures? It is the word of God in truth. The revelation of God's truth in God's word. The green pastures there is not comfort in life. No. The green pastures there is the word of God in truth. That is what the lambs will grow on. He says that as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Amen and amen. And as you begin to grow, what happens? Look at the next one. When he asked him again, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, Lord, you know I love you. Then he said, feed my sheep. No longer lambs, feed my sheep. By the time the, the lambs feed upon the revealed truth of God's word, they begin to grow into sheep. And in this place, Jesus did not use the word bosco. He used poimano. But the translation puts it all feed and feed. But the first one is bosco. That is bring to the place of pasture so that they can graze. But in the second feed, where he says feed my sheep, it is poimano. That is to tend as a shepherd. Almost like to supervise. To tend as a shepherd. Hallelujah. You see, as the lambs begin to grow into sheep, and they begin to mature, you need to tend them as a pastor. That is, continue to instruct them, correct them. That's what about, and how do we correct believers? How do we straighten believers with the word of God? Hallelujah. 
The Bible says that all scripture is God-breathed and it is given by the inspiration of God. For what purpose? For instruction in right, righteousness, for doctrine, for correction. Hallelujah. Through the word of God, we are able to tend the sheep, provide correction, straighten you when you are going wrong, show you the way to go, teach you the way of righteousness. Amen and amen. And then lastly, he says, do you love me again? At that point, Peter broke down and began to cry. He said, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. And he says, feed my sheep. That means that even as you mature in faith, you will never mature beyond your need for the word of God. You will never mature beyond your need for the truth of God's word. So the pastor must always make sure he meticulously, painstakingly, studies the scriptures and teaches the brethren, feeding them the truth of God's word. That is why when we come here in faith generation, I do not resort to popular opinion on the media, on mainstream media, or what popular people in society are saying. I don't resort to new age ideas, uh, 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 principles of success here and there, and those kinds of things. No, we feed believers the truths of God's word. Paul says, my little children, for whom I travail again in childbirth until Christ is formed in you. The goal is that Christ will be formed in you. How would Christ be formed in you if I'm teaching you things from the world? It's not going to form Christ in you. It's going to form the world in you. For Christ to be formed in you, I must teach you the message of Christ. Hallelujah. So the man of God who loves God and who loves Christ and is truly has the bowels of mercy bowels of Christ for the brethren will feed them. Feed, the task is to feed the brethren. Hallelujah. The task is to what? Feed the brethren. No believer outgrows their need to be fed the proper truths of the word of God. That is why you must always pay close attention to the message that is coming. Uh, don't just fall for, you know, the fact that somebody is hooping shouting, jumping here and there, you fall for it. No. You must pay close attention to the message that is coming to you because it is determining in whose image you are going to be molded into. Believers ought to grow. Our destiny is to be like Christ. We are like Christ in the spirit. But our minds are being conformed to that same image. How would that happen? As we continually feed you Christ. Christ is the green pasture of the believer. You must continually feed on Christ. Continually feed on Christ. Continually feed on Christ. He says, I am the bread that came down from heaven above. Hallelujah. In our day, we think feeding on Christ is taking communion. No. When you take communion, it goes into your mouth. Where does it come out? It comes out of your body. Anything that goes into your mouth comes out of your body. Communion, when you take communion, it doesn't go into your spirit. How many of you ate any food and it went into your spirit? doesn't go into your spirit. It goes into your body, right? The only thing that goes into your spirit is the word of God because the word of God is spirit and it is life. Jesus says, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. That is why we teach you God's word. Amen. So don't grow tired of the word of God. Hallelujah. What you need, what we need is God's word and not just any word. 
We need the revealed truth of the word of God. Look at, look at Acts chapter number 20, verse 32. Paul says, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. Look at it again. Paul says, I commend you to God and to what? The word of his grace, which is able to build you up. What builds up the believer in Christ? The word of his grace. It is particular. He says, the word of his grace. He qualifies the kind of word that will build the believer up in Christ and give him an inheritance among them that are sanctified. He said, the word of his grace. Amen and amen. So that somebody is speaking to you from the Bible does not necessarily mean he's giving you the green pastures of Christ. Hallelujah. The Bible calls the Old Testament, he calls it administration of death. So if somebody is giving the Kool-Aid of the Old Testament to men, he's ministering death to them. Yet it had a certain glory to it. Hallelujah. It had a certain glory to it. That is why the Bible tells us it is the word of his grace that builds you up as a believer. So we take our time to explain the scriptures to you so that you understand. You don't just jump into the scriptures. The fact that it is in the Bible, you just take it and you swallow it down. No. You must understand why things are in the word. And that is my responsibility as a pastor. Amen and amen. To bring you to the place of understanding, to train you in the word of God by the spirit so that you can become a spiritual giant. Being a spiritual giant is not just having the deepest tongues around. Being able to speak the deepest tongues. When you speak in tongues, everybody says, wow, that's some deep tongues, man. That's some deep tongues. Hallelujah. (laughs) That's not being a spiritual giant. Being a spiritual giant are men who have understood the purposes of God in his word. Amen and amen. So sometimes when we, when new believers come into the faith, you know, what we do for salvation, we say, if you want, if you want to receive Jesus, raise your hands. People raise their hands. And then we say, we say to them, pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I believe you died for me. I believe you died for me. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and personal Savior. Amen. And then the moment they pray that prayer, we say to them, Dearly beloved, if you pray this prayer, Jesus has come into your heart. Your life has changed. It's a new beginning for you. Then we say to them, find a Bible-believing church and join them and fellowship with them. (laughs) That is nice. Hallelujah. When you tell a new believer, find a Bible-believing church, what are you telling him? Do you know Mormons believe in the Bible? Hallelujah. So finding a Bible-believing church is not enough. (laughs) Amen and amen. You see, there are things that we we just let it slide down because we don't want to do the real work of discipleship. Amen. Finding a Bible-believing church is not enough. You must take that believer and train the believer. I I said to you, church is a school. We are in school. As we have gathered on the line, you are in school now. Amen and amen. You are taking classes. Hallelujah. You are being taught. You are being trained. It is a training ground that you become a man of the spirit. Hallelujah. So it is not just find a Bible-believing church. 
So you just go anywhere, wherever they are talking out of the word of God, you take it. No. Amen and amen. The word is important. The word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Yesterday we said that what kept Jesus in the will of God was prayer. And we spoke about the importance of prayer. Today we are speaking about the importance of the word of God. What will keep you in the will of God for your life is the word of his grace. Hallelujah. If you, if you are prayerful and you don't have the word of God in you, you will always be walking outside of God's will. You'll be confused. You would have, like, the, like Paul says concerning his brethren, the, the Israelites, you would have zeal, but not according to knowledge. Let's go there. Look at, let's look at Philippians chapter number 1, verse 9. Let's continue there. We read verse 8, and then we veered off a little bit. Look at verse 9. Philippians 1, 9. Paul says, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in judgment, in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye being sincere and without offense to the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory of his praise. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge. That means knowledge causes your love to abound more and more. Do you know that love has zeal in it? You know, you can never tell a young man who has fallen in love. You can never advise him. The one person you can never advise is a young man who has fallen in love or a young woman who has fallen in love. Tell you. It feels like their love is the most genuine love ever there was in this world. You can never tell them anything, I tell you. They are so in love. Their heart is on fire. Their mind is on ice. After one or two things, the thawing process begins in their mind. Amen and amen. Then they begin to start seeing clearly better. They begin to balance their heart and their mind. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because you see, amen. love without wisdom or knowledge is passion with no constraints. Hallelujah. Unrestrained passion. So they will do anything. They will sacrifice anything. Their parents will say anything. They will not even listen to it. They, no advice, nothing. They are in love. And you know, in the culture that we live in now, love is so popularized. And we see it on TV. They demonstrate it to us. And it feels as if, all you need is love. All you need is love and it's okay. And then they act movies and make it seem like, oh yes, it's going to be, they are deceiving you. Hallelujah. <laughs> love and passion. Love goes with passion. That is zeal. Listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter number 10, verse 1 to 2. He says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Paul had seen something concerning his own brethren because he had the same problem himself until Jesus appeared to him on the way to Damascus. He said, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Why? For I bear them record that they have zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. They were passionate about God. In their passion, they thought they loved God. Because they were so passionate about the things of God. They were passionate about the law. They were so passionate. They had zeal. But Paul says, not according to knowledge. 
Paul himself said of himself before he got saved. He says, when he listed his credentials, he says, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Where did zeal lead Paul? He was persecuting the church because his zeal was not according to knowledge. In his mind, he thought he was doing the will of God. But because he lacked understanding, he went about rather opposing the will of God for his life. So just saying, I love God, singing about it is not enough. You need knowledge. It will cause you, it would, knowledge, sorry, knowledge purifies your love so that your love is indeed true. Now, God understands your heart. He knows that. He knows you are passionate about him. He knows you love him. He knows you want to do everything for him. But he would rather that you gain knowledge so that your love is truly purified. So you don't go about doing anything and everything. Hallelujah. Opposing his will when you think actually you are doing his will. Listen to what Paul says. For I bear them record that they are zeal, but not according to knowledge. I remember when I was young, my dad, you know, when I, when I came into the faith and the Holy Ghost took a hold of my life and I was praying all the time, you know, because there was a stark change in my life. All of a sudden, I'll be praying left and right. I'm always hiding in my dad's garage. I'm praying. Uh, we'll go to the field and go pray. We'll come back very late at 12 midnight. And my dad was observing me. One day he called me. He said, Sam, don't be carried away by your zeal. <laughs> he was so scared that I'll become a fanatic, you know. But he did not know that I was spending hours in the word. Hallelujah. I was not just driven by zeal. I was driven by the knowledge of God's word. Amen and amen. Because they are seeing so many people in their time who started out with a lot of zeal and then later on in life, they don't even believe in Jesus anymore. What happens to those people? Have you had friends like that? When you were in secondary school, when you were in high school, they were so, you called them Ojashos. You said they were on fire for God. They were so on fire. When the university, they were so on fire. All of a sudden, they don't believe in God anymore. They don't care. They're into, what happened to them? Zeal without knowledge. Zeal will carry you this far. But knowledge is what will cause you to be properly established. It is the same with marriage. Before you get married, you are so in love. Love is not enough to carry you through. You need knowledge. That's why the Bible says to husband, dwell with your wives according to knowledge. If you're a man and you are so in love with your wife, you don't care about it. If you don't learn quick, she will teach you. <laughs> By the time she gives you two or three experiences, you start learning. <laughs> then you, Amen. You know that love is not enough. Oh, but I thought she loved me. You don't know yet. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the, and all the people said amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen and amen. Zeal is not enough. You need to be grounded in knowledge so that you know God of the truth. Hallelujah. Listen to what their zeal without knowledge led to. Paul says in verse 3, Romans chapter number 10, verse 3, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness, you see it, zeal without knowledge leads you to ignorance. And what happens when you have ignorance is they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted unto the righteousness of God. 
they could not submit to God, even though they had zeal. But because they lacked knowledge, they were ignorant of the righteousness of God. They were ignorant of what God had done. So they went about doing their own thing. And that is how we see it. There are many people who are simply religious fanatics. They jump, they think that, you know what, they just say that, you know, I'm, they are so passionate. You know, in our generation, we love talking about passion. Oh, passion, passion conference here, passion conference there. Do what you are passionate about. Listen, don't listen to all those kinds of talk. Passion is not enough. Amen and amen. Especially when you are going to college, they'll tell you, you know what, what are you passionate about? I'm passionate about basket weaving. <laughs> Hallelujah. Follow your passion and all those kinds of things. It's good, but you need knowledge. Amen and amen. And it's no different when it comes to the faith. Even more importantly, when it comes to the faith. Because through knowledge, you would know God properly so that nobody can take advantage of you. There are many people who have zeal and Wolves in sheep clothing who are seeking to make merchandise of believers take advantage of your zeal. There are a lot of young people, they are so disillusioned now because they had a lot of zeal and then certain pastors saw them and took advantage of them and then left them on the wayside. And now they are so disgruntled and angry, they don't want to be in the, in the church anymore. They had zeal not according to knowledge. Hallelujah. That is why I say knowledge is of great premium in the faith. Go for the knowledge of God's word. Hallelujah. What knowledge is that? The word of his grace. Seek to understand God through the scriptures. Pay attention to it. Hallelujah. Pay attention to it. It requires a deliberate, a purposeful, an intentional, painstaking attention you give to the word. Amen and amen. So that you can know and understand God. You can know his will for your life. There are certain things you are praying about, you stop praying about it because the word of God has already revealed what you ought to know. Amen and amen. So that you know praise and in prayers. Hallelujah. If you have knowledge, they, because they were ignorant of God's righteousness, went about establishing their own. You start doing your own thing and you call it God. And the most dangerous thing in this world is a man doing his own thing and calling it God. That is what led to so many cults in the world. If you study the history of American Christianity, it is rife with cults. Many, many cults. Right from 1840s down to now. Many, many cults. Anybody gets up and says, an angel appeared to me. This appeared to me. This spirit spoke to me. That this to me. I saw a dream. Blah, blah, blah. Then everybody is following them. Hallelujah. They have neglected the knowledge of God in the word of God. And they are following people's dreams and visions and all. Listen to me. God primarily leads you by his spirit through his word. God does not lead you by a prophet anymore. The Bible says that in the Old Testament, by a prophet they were led out and by a prophet they came in. That is not true in this New Testament. God raised prophets to lead them in those days. But after Christ came, Christ is our prophet who led us out of captivity to sin and death and brought us into the kingdom of his son. Christ, our prophet, 
lives in our heart. So the prophet who leads us lives in us by his spirit. So he leads us by his spirit who is in us. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. I may receive word of wisdom, word of knowledge, give it to you. A prophet may come speak a word to you and all that. That is not the primary way God guides your life. That is why you should not go running helter-skelter, seeking this prophet here, seeking that prophet here. Tell me something about my life. God has already told you all those things in his word. You have the spirit. What was the, um, would I say, the, the precious possession or the exclusive possession of the prophets in the old days is the possession of all believers now. Moses said, he said, I would to God that all the people of God were prophets. When God, when Moses chose 70 men and they were in the camp together, they, were, they went without the camp and God poured the spirit of Moses upon them. And they began to prophesy. Elder and Medad were not among them. But in the camp, they started prophesying. Some people ran to Moses and said, Elder and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And then Moses said, I would to God. Are you jealous for me? I would to God that all his people were prophets. And indeed, that prayer and wish of Moses came to pass. The Bible says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Hallelujah. Your young men shall dream dreams. Your old men shall see, your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon your handmaids and men servants shall I pour out my spirit. That happened on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. It has changed. Now that same spirit that operated in the prophets, that same spirit that operated in Christ, has been given to us all. Hallelujah. The Bible says, for by one spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse 13, for by one spirit have we all been baptized into one body and have been made to drink of that same spirit. In Christ, we have drunk of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is in you is no less potent than the Holy Ghost that was in Christ. It's the same spirit. The Bible says that he that does not have the spirit of Christ is none of his. So you cannot be a part of Christ without having the spirit of Christ. So if you are a part of Christ, it means you have the spirit of Christ. Somebody say, I have the spirit of Christ. I have the spirit of Christ. Hallelujah. That means that the leadings of God is inside you. So what we need to do is to train you to follow the leadings of the spirit inside you. That means the prophetic is in you. Hallelujah. Somebody say the prophetic is in me. The prophetic is in me. Hallelujah. So the role of the prophet now in the New Testament church is not like the Old Testament church, in like the Old Testament. No. Sometimes people get confused. Hallelujah. Are there prophets in our day? Yes, there are. Is there the office of the prophet? Yes. But the purpose of the office of the prophet is to grow the church so that we come to the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ. Hallelujah. By sensitizing you to the will of God. Like I said to you, the prophetic is about God's will. Yesterday I said to you, Abraham never prophesied, but he was called a prophet of God. Why? Because he demonstrated the purposes of God in his life by action. Being in tune with the will of God, with the plan of God, is what we call being prophetic. Being in sync with heaven. Moving as heaven is moving. 
Going as heaven is going. When he says go, you go. When he says stop, you stop. Sit down, you sit down. Go here, you go there. Hallelujah. That is being prophetic, simply. Amen and amen. But there is this whole sensationalism around uh, 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 the prophetic that people are so confused. Don't be confused. Don't go seeking those things. Hallelujah. Mandola Basaya. What I'm doing for you is teaching you and training you to follow the leadings of the Spirit which is in you. It is in you. The Holy Ghost is in you. The only thing is that maybe sometimes you are just lazy. You, 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 you now you can confess that you are just lazy when it comes to waiting on God patiently to hear His voice. After 10 minutes, you are tired. You get up and you go. Because by the time you got to 5 minutes, your phone started ringing. Then a text message came. Then this came. So you don't even have the time. And then you convince yourself that, oh, you know, I'm so busy. I have to do this. I'm so tight. <laughs> so you don't, you, you don't have time for that. But listen, I want to encourage you. Learn to practice the presence of God. What, what do I mean by that? Give yourself time. Maybe an hour where there are no distractions. I know in our generation, we love to multitask especially with all the technology that is around us. It is meant to help us multitask so that I can, I'm doing this and I'm doing that at the same time. And I'm doing this so that I can get a lot of things done. When it comes to the things of the spirit, you cannot do that. You cannot multitask with the things of the spirit and the things of the flesh. It is not possible. You must, it demands your full attention, full undivided attention, set aside time, practically, an hour, even if it is 30 minutes, set it aside. And when you go there, give your full attention to the word of God. Give your full attention to the spirit. Because the Holy Ghost dwells inside your spirit. Learn to listen to him. Hallelujah. You should be still and quiet. In our generation, we think noise and activity means that the Holy Spirit is moving. No. Not every noise and activity demonstrates the move of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Sometimes when the Holy Ghost is moving, you ought to be quiet. And as a matter of fact, if God is actually moving, you'll be silent. When you come into the presence of God truly, you are silent. You don't speak. How can you speak in the presence of such great majesty? When you even go before the presence of kings, you shut up. Even before your boss, you keep quiet. Your boss. Your boss at your job place, you keep quiet. You don't talk. You don't say anything. Even when your boss is wrong, you dare not say anything. You keep quiet. How much more before the presence of the great majesty himself? You can't say anything. You are so overwhelmed by the wonder of his presence. And you just revel in his presence. Hallelujah. And you hear he will speak to you. He will speak to you about your life. He will show you what to do. He will show you where to go. I always say the Christian can never be stranded not knowing what to do. It's not possible. Then you don't have the Holy Ghost. One of the great blessings of the faith is the leadings of the Spirit. So the Bible says, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will lead you into all truth. What is that? Lead you, lead you, guide you, direct your path, show you the way to go. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. He will show you the way to go. The only reason is you've not paid attention to Him well. That is why you want somebody else to do it for you. Hallelujah. The same Holy Spirit. He's as potent in you as you allow him to be. 
Hallelujah. Amen and amen. He is as potent in you as you allow him to be. It is the same level of power. How much of it have you act activated? Amen and amen. How much of it have you activated yourself? How do you do that? Through constant meditation in the word of God and prayer. I said to you, the way you leverage the power of God's word is by constant meditation and prayer. Give yourself to these things and see if you will not be here, you will not hear the voice of the spirit. He said, my sheep know my voice and another they will not follow. You are the sheep of Christ. That means his voice, you know, you know it. You, it, is, it is something that is in us intuitively as believers. When you are born again, it is in you. You know, you know the voice of the spirit. Hallelujah. As we teach you the word of God, we are just helping you recognize it. Amen and amen. And the deeper you go into God's word, the more and more easier it is for you to recognize the voice of the Spirit and, 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 and descend between the voice of the Spirit, the voice of the world, and your own voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of the things people struggle with so much is they think that, you know what, the Holy Ghost is going to speak to me and it will be a deep voice from heaven above. No, that's not how it's going to be. <laughs> The Spirit of God, your Spirit and the Spirit of God are one. Hallelujah. He that is joined to Christ is one Spirit with Him. You are inseparable. When, I always use this analogy. When you pour a cup of water into the ocean, you can't get it back. It is forever mixed with the ocean. That's how it is. Your Spirit is lost in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. So the Holy Ghost is flowing in you. Give attention to it. The only reason is our flesh is a veil that hinders us. So learn to break through the flesh. Learn to break through the flesh. Yesterday I said to you that, you see, one hour prayer is the minimum for breaking through the flesh. Amen and amen. And that, now, after you've done that for a while, it is easier for you to zoom into the spirit easily for you. As a matter of fact, you live in the spirit every day, but being conscious to recognize it and follow it is the key thing. Amen and amen. The Bible says that you, you, if so be you, you, are in the, you live in the spirit every day. If so be that Christ is in you. You live in the spirit every day. That is where you were born into. Learn to live the spirit life. Learn to follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Zeal without knowledge will lead to distraction. So you need knowledge. Somebody say, I need knowledge. I need knowledge. I need you need knowledge. knowledge. Need listen knowledge. to what Paul says. Paul says, for Christ is the end of the Lord for righteousness to everyone that believes. This is the truth which the, 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 the Israelites did not know because they lacked knowledge and because of that went about establishing their own righteousness. And how sad. There are truths that if you don't know, you go about doing your own thing, thinking that it is right. It may feel right. You may even get certain results from it. You know, one of the things that people normally say, you know what, Pastor Sam, me, I don't, I don't care. It, it works for me. That something works for you does not mean it is true. Hallelujah. <laughs> mature in your thinking. Amen. Be matured in your thinking. That something works does not mean it's true. You can go to a babala where he will put some things together for you into a work. Amen and amen. Somebody takes a, what do you call it, a, a rosary, prays a rosary, and says, you know what, 
anytime I do that, I see this happen, I see that happen, I see this happen, I see that happen. Does it mean praying a rosary is right? No. Hallelujah. That you think it works does not mean it is true. Learn the truth of God's word. Learn truths from the word of God. Amen and amen. Give yourself wholly to the word of his grace. Pay attention to it. Hallelujah. And that is the reason why God has placed us here as pastors. Amen and amen. The Holy Ghost always uses men. He will always use men. That is why, you see, don't make it difficult for your pastor to teach you. When Pastor Sam, we come to faith generation and I'm teaching, pay close attention to it. Listen and meditate upon the truths. Amen and amen. It is very important for you. You see, when we gather in church, we don't pray after the prayer. We all go sit down and say, okay, Holy Ghost, talk to us. And then the Holy Ghost will appear in some form and start preaching from the pulpit. No. What happens? He does it through his servants. Hallelujah. As with every other thing, for example, healing. The Holy Spirit doesn't heal people randomly on the streets. How does he do that? Through men. Amen and amen. The Holy Spirit doesn't bless people randomly like that. How does he do it? Through men. So learning to become a vessel through which the Holy Spirit works is important. And it would only happen as you mature in the faith through the knowledge of God's word and through prayer. Gradually, you become a vessel that the Holy Spirit can work through. That is his purpose. So the Bible says the manifestation of the Spirit is given to one to profit with all. The Holy Spirit in you wants to manifest himself. He wants to show that he is present. Are you allowing him? Hallelujah. Don't become a veil for the Holy Spirit. You are veiling him from manifestation. To manifest means to take away the veil so that we actually see what is there. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do through you. Amen and amen. Become a conduit of the power of God. Become a conduit of the love of God. Become a conduit of the grace of God. Become a conduit through which the Holy Spirit will manifest himself. It begins with allowing yourself to gain the knowledge of God's word. Hallelujah. It is important for you. That is how you will be led. That is how you will be given direction. So that you are not led astray by any wind of doctrine. Hallelujah. You are not taking advantage of. I said to you, religion is the number one tool that men use to take advantage of people. Amen and amen. And they play on men's ignorance. That is what it is. But if you know God's word, nobody can take advantage of you. Yes, Jeremy. Especially if they want to make a merchandise of you. Hallelujah. Don't fall for those things. Know the word in truth. Hallelujah. The word of truth. As you abide, you, your eyes are flooded with the light of his truth. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Your eyes are flooded with the light of his truth. And then you begin to see clearer and clearer. I always use this analogy. When you have a lamp, right, you can see. Amen and amen. It is a light. You can clearly see. But you see, when you have a torchlight, it is better than a lamp. Hallelujah. You can see better. 
when you have an incandescent bulb, it is better than a torchlight. You can see better. Probably even the range you can see is better. When you have a fluorescent bulb, it is better than an incandescent lamp, a tungsten lamp. Why? Fluorescent bulb gives you a white, bright light. You can see better. You can see things well. When you have floodlights, it is better than a fluorescent bulb. Amen and amen. You see where I'm going with this? When you have the sun, it is better than floodlights. Hallelujah. Do you understand? There is a gradual progression in the depth of truth you come to. That is why in the church, even as I'm teaching most times, everybody at whatever level they are, are receiving it differently. Amen and amen. Because the truth of God's word is coming to them and they are receiving it at the level where they are. They are interpreting it at the level where they are. But as you open your heart constantly and the word of God, the light of God's truth floods your life, gradually it will lift you up to the place where God wants you to be. It will position you in the place where God wants you to be. Let me tell you, the purpose of God's word is not to make you a champion in life. And I will explain that. You hear those kinds of words thrown around so casually these days. You are a champion. You are an eagle. You are, you are soaring high. <laughs> Hallelujah. People throw it around easily these days because they are, they are, they've become cliches. They are nice words people want to hear. But they have no foundation because they don't know um, the, the, the real basis of the word of God that is supposed to help them understand what these people are talking about. Hallelujah. The purpose of God's word is to make you like Christ. Hallelujah. The purpose of God's word is to make you like Christ. That is the purpose of God's word. The purpose of God's word is not to make you a champion in life. What does that even mean? What does that mean? What does it mean to be a champion in life? What does it mean? They are just pandering to your, your fleshy desires, your carnal desires. I said to you, any desire you had before you came into Christ, it is an indication to you that that is not what God wants for you. All men desire things. It is natural. And there's nothing wrong with that. It is natural. We all want things. Everybody wants things. It is natural. But let's keep natural things natural. And let's keep spiritual things spiritual. The purpose of God's word is for you to become like Christ because you are like Christ in the spirit. Now he wants to conform you in your mind to what you already are. The Bible says be transformed in the by the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. The more you become like Christ, the more the world will hate you. Amen and amen. The more you become like Jesus says, you are, you are in this world, but you are not of the world. If you were of the world, the world will love its own. Amen. The more you become like Christ, the more you realize that you don't actually fit so much into this world. Not that you can go to work or you can do whatever you're doing. You don't fit into this, this carnality, the carnality in the world. You don't fit into it. Hallelujah. Because your mindset is different. Your, 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 your living is different. Your understanding, the perspective from which you see things is different. 
Because you begin to see from the perspective of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Then you become Christ to your world. What happened to Jesus? They crucified him. Amen and amen. They stoned him. Hallelujah. The same thing begins to happen to you. A servant is not greater than his master. When you speak truth, hallelujah, they will confront you and come against you. Amen and amen, because they don't want it. Because Jesus never pandered to their carnal desires. He never said things that they want to hear. He gave them truth. At one time, they all crossed to the other side to meet Jesus. And then Jesus said, you people have not come because, you know, you saw the miracle and you believed. But it's because you, 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 you ate the bread and you were full. So they wanted more bread, more miracles. And then Jesus began to give them truth. They said, ah, this is too hard. Who can bear it? And they all left. More than 5,000 people, they all left. In a day, Jesus' church became 5,000. In a day, they came to, they was left with only 12. Then Jesus asked the 12, are you also going to leave? And I love what Peter says. He says, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Amen. That is where the word of God, when you are truly studying God's word, it will give you an eternity focus. Hallelujah. It will make you eternity minded. It will give you an eternal mindset. Amen and amen. Something that transcends this world into the next. So that you don't pride yourself in things of this life. You pride yourself in things that are greater than this life. Hallelujah. This is the power of God's word, the true power of God's word that brings transformation. The, the transformation of God's word is very spiritual. God is spirit. Not that it doesn't affect our natural, it does affect our natural life, but it begins in the spirit. Spiritual transformation. Hallelujah. That's why I said as a church, it is great. We, we, we give alms, we do all those kinds of things. It is our calling and we must. Hallelujah. But if that's the only thing we give to the world, then we've, we, 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 we've missed it. Because the world needs more than that. The world needs more, more than food and clothes and, and, and all those things. The world needs an encounter with the real Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. The world needs a spirit encounter with Christ. That's what they need. They need to encounter eternal life. They need to encounter truth. They need to encounter the light of God. Hallelujah. That is what they need. Amen and amen. That is what will be lasting and translate them into eternity. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Mando Thank you, Father. The power of God's word. And you see, when you have the word of God in you like that, you are so, listen, you are so laden with power. There is no telling what that power will do in your life. Then you begin to unleash that power in prayer. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing will stop you. That power preserves you. That power keeps you. Hallelujah. Irrespective, it, it, it strengthens you to endure all manner and kinds of contradictions to your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. The word of God. Paul says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. The word of his grace. It is important. Hallelujah. So don't be carried away only by zeal. 
He says that your love would abound more and more in what? Knowledge. To know. The essence of the new life in Christ is to know. Is to know. To know. To know. To ginosko. To come to epignosis. Hallelujah. To know. Because all things have been accomplished and done by Christ. By God in Christ. Now the key thing is to know. Revelational knowledge. Hallelujah. That is the key. That is why you need to pay attention to God's word. Don't just go for things that make you feel happy. Hallelujah. Pay attention to the word of God. Amen and amen. Lift up your voice and begin to give praise to God. Come on, lift up your voice. Begin to give praise to God. Thank God for your way.